millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I really appreciate you joining me. Lots and lots to talk about. Front pages of pretty much all the newspapers are all about the Duke of Edinburgh's uh, funeral. All those figures and details and plans released yesterday at about five o'clock so that uh, everyone can know in advance what the plan is for the funeral. There will, of course, be a minute silence at three o'clock for uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, And a lot of the front pages very much focusing uh, on uh, the the Brothers Apart is the headline of the Daily Mail mail uh, and brothers at arm's length is the sun and other papers obviously going very much along that uh, that uh, uh, line of coverage um, Greens Hill lobbying affair an awful lot of coverage there largely inside the papers also going to be talking about Russia and uh, action being taken by the West not just over cyber attacks but concern of course uh, over what's happening in terms of troops amassing on the border of Ukraine uh, big primary school day uh, for lots of people if your kids are going off to a primary school you can find out what places uh, they uh, have got whether they've got into the school you wanted and as we mentioned a bit earlier big battles over a caterpillar shaped cake as well and we're also going to be talking quite a lot about vaccine passports the campaign uh, largely actually being led by the um, hospitality industry against vaccine passports very much kicks up a pace so all of that to talk about and uh, all of it to talk about including with uh, my next guest uh, you know him well every friday morning we're delighted to welcome comedian dave chawner to the show good morning to you Good morning. Absolutely lovely to hear that voice. Fantastic. On a, on a beautiful day, I've, I've just tweeted out, as I often do, extraordinary uh, sunrise photo from where we are in uh, in central London. Absolutely, absolutely just stunning, stunning morning. Uh, hoping uh, we are going to have a, a nice weekend. A lot of people, of course, going to the pub for the first time this weekend, sitting outside, of course. Um, I was delighted to see, uh, uh, Dave, after you gave me you know, the day, weeks, days, hours and minutes countdown to pubs reopening, though you weren't able to join us on, on Monday when we had Mike Graham's show from the, and various other shows uh, during the day uh, from the, 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 the pub here uh, in London Bridge. But so uh, you did send me a picture and, and you looked a very happy boy with your pint. Yeah, I, I thought it was my civic duty to go there and spend money and enjoy. And it was fun, although it was a little bit colder than I'd want. I, I really yeah. want global warming to hurry up. I'm totally with you on that one. I don't, don't think it does upset the wokes, just if you say that. But I really do want global warming to hurry up. <laughs> um, I, I wore a lot of coats. Uh, well, I mean, tomorrow, um, obviously, um, is another uh, another day when a lot of people will be uh, outside. Either people, I mean, again, a lot of people are going to be out to the shops. They're going to be out. It's first Saturday that people can go to the shops 
shops. Uh, a lot of people are going to be out in the pubs and out in the bars and, uh, and restaurants sitting outside on a cold day. But of course, an awful lot of focus is going to go on the Duke of uh, Edinburgh's funeral uh, and uh, the, the uh, arrangements for that. Um, what do you make of the coverage uh, today? Um, Dukes to be kept apart at the royal funeral. We're told Duke of Cambridge, Duke of Sussex, going to walk together behind the Duke of Edinburgh's coffin. In fact, all the, or virtually all of the wedding party will be walking behind the coffin, being born in a, a Land Rover, partly uh, with partly designed by the Duke of Edinburgh, which I think is actually a real, I mean, yeah. a lovely, lovely, lovely touch. Um, as it arrives at St George's Chapel in Windsor tomorrow, um, but of course this going to this brings back you know massive memories, doesn't it, of that horrific uh, funeral in 1997 of Diana, uh, who who you know did not survive to you know 99 years of a life well led um, and and taken far too young. Um, but they were just 15 and 12. I mean, goodness me, they looked so much younger, didn't they? Walking behind that coffin, absolutely heartbreaking for anyone to see. Uh, they will walk behind a coffin again, but they're going to be kept apart. They're going to have Prince Philip. Sorry, Prince Philip, I'm oh, sorry, Peter Philip, sorry, walking between them. Um, what do you make of that? I, I don't really make that much, to be honest, because to be honest, even if they were walking side by side, you know that the headlines would be Harry and William next to each other, but not talking, you know, despite yeah. it being a funeral and you're not procession. supposed to be, yeah. You know, I do think it is one of those things that like actually when these sort of things happen, I think everything has to be suspended and you've got to do your duty to pay your respects. Personally, I don't think there's that much to read into it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to remember the royal correspondence that that that, that's literally their livelihood reading stuff into into this. Um, um, I mean. I have to say, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought there was much, much uh, to discuss on this. Um, if it wasn't the fact that, you know, every front page seems to, of every national newspaper seems to think it is a very, very big issue. Look, there is the thing that every family has gone through this, whether it's the wedding plans or whether it's the funeral plans, um, you know, whether we allowed three, 30 guests or 800 guests, as Prince Philip, of course, had planned before COVID. Um, the, the, you know, there are going to be, you know, who's invited, who's not invited, who sets to who. I mean, you know, we do family Christmas meals. There's a lot of multi-divorces in our family. I'm telling you, there's a seating plan that needs to be adhered to for everyone to be happy. Um, I mean, not that everyone have a problem, but you know, but you just make it easier for people. And and so, I mean, this is this is where we're going to be as well with this. But there is the thing, you know, we've got to remember, you know, a couple of months ago, it feels like a lifetime ago, Prince Harry went on television with his wife and accused senior members of the royal family of being racist. We don't know who because the finger was just pointed at everybody. And at least, at least, you know, at least own it and name the name names if you're going to uh, make that accusation. And now he's going to be, you know, in a chapel and walking behind a coffin with with those other 29 members of the family. Um, and we know, you know, at least one of them there is someone he's accused of racism. You can understand a certain foire there. Oh, completely. I mean, it did make me laugh yesterday when a lot of the uh, coverage was all about Harry uh, being stripped of his military Mm. titles. Uh, And I thought, you know, well, actually, a lot of the tabloids have given him a whole range of titles. None of them are broadcastable. And that's why they're going to be wearing suits at the funeral. Uh, What people haven't told you is I I bet you a fiver that they're actually going to be hazmat suits to just protect people from COVID. That's, you know, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not going to be. It's all going to be. It's all going to be very serious and very uh, uh, and uh, very somber. And 
Um, but again, the fact that there has been this row, and I have a few people on social media saying, oh, well, the media's manufactured this row. They haven't. This this is a very real row that's happened in the real in the royal family. Um, the correspondents who are writing about this are people who are very well informed, with very good sources. Prince Andrew wanted to wear a naval uniform. He wasn't actually officially entitled to uh, the full admiral mm. uniform, which he didn't get because of his relationship with Jeffrey Goldstein. I mean, it, the whole thing is very complicated. And of course, Harry losing his titles. These are two young men who are oh, an old man than a young man who kind of brought this on themselves and have brought it into their father and grandfather's funeral. I mean, I'm sorry, tacky beyond belief. Making anything about someone's funeral about you is tacky in bad form. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But I, I suppose the argument could there go is, have they made it about them? I mean, I haven't really seen too much uh, about them sort of talking about this. I feel like no, it's no, a lot no, of that's not no, no. We never hear them saying it apart from they do an Oprah Winfrey interview. But, but, but the when you get these sources, we, we're often told all oh, these. This is all tittle tattle. Yeah, when the books are written and you discover it's all come from the princes themselves. Trust me, they, these are <sighs> these are reliable. The, the, I know the journalists writing these stories; they know their stuff. I can assure you mm. of that. Um, let's talk about other things. Let's talk about Greensill, though. That's the other big story that's been going on. We've now got seven separate inquiries into the Greensill affair, not specifically just into Greensill, but into um, all the different lobbying links that are going on. 22 business people are currently in a similar role in, in number 10 or somewhere in senior levels of government as Lex Greensill was when he was working in 2014 uh, for David Cameron, where they've got this sort of privileged access, treated as civil servants, able to go to all these meetings, be privy and influence decisions, whilst at the same time making a load of money in the private sector. I've got no problem with them making a load of money in the private sector, but this dual role, very difficult, as we saw with Lex Greensill. And indeed with uh, Bill Crothers, the uh, senior civil servant who worked for three months for the Greensill company at the same time as being in charge of a £40 billion uh, uh, budget to uh, to actually do deals with the private sector. Uh, we've now got uh, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, uh, still in Sky News, that he had shares has shares in a company called Topwood uh, Limited. He's got 15% shares there. Um, it's a waste disposal company. His sister is a major shareholder and they've won two contracts worth £300,000 from NHS Wales. He doesn't have influence over what NHS Wales does, but they're also in line to get contracts with NHS England, which of course he does as Health Secretary. We've also got the deadline today for all civil servants to declare their conflicts of interest if there are any. And yesterday we had Lord Eric Pickles. He's the chair of the committee which vets appointments of senior ministers and officials and he advises on what jobs they can go to after. It's basically sort of saying, you know, he'd never seen anything like it. Um, the plot is definitely thickening, isn't it? Oh, certainly. And I think when we're finding out about all of these separate jobs that they've had, I mean, I'm very surprised that David Cameron doesn't work in recruitment because he seems very good at getting people other jobs. You know, he's well, certainly yeah. not going to work in reputation management, though, is he? You know, so I do think it is one of those things that actually I feel like this makes people angry like i get angry about this of course you're going to offer jobs to people that you know and trust but we're not talking about you know tarmacking someone's drive here these are potentially hundreds of millions of pounds of contracts that are being handed out on public money yeah, I mean, and that's the key thing here. I mean, it is perfectly possible for people to have feet in both camps, but but where there is a conflict of interest, where, for instance, yeah. you are doing, you're responsible for getting the best value for money for taxpayers spending money um, uh, of spending, you know, our hard-earned cash, and at the same time you are standing to do, you make money out of it. Now, often what's happening is you get people who work in the high-level civil service or as ministerial jobs where they don't make money out of it at the time, they haven't got any shares in it or anything, but then you know a year or so later they have a job where they're now an advisor to this company and they're 
of course, people are going to use their experience. And if you're working in, say, you know, the health sector, and you, why not hire a former health minister or a health civil servant who can help advise you on that? That would make sense. Apart from the fact that well, how many of these deals are implicit in the sort of don't worry um, when you left office a couple of years? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do you right, Mr. Smith. You know, I mean, that that is the concern, isn't it? Um, in particular, these accusations of Tory cronyism, um, these accusations uh, that have been made that the Health Secretary Matt Hancock, you know, awarded PPE contracts to, you know, basically anyone he'd met in the pub. Um, uh, but the fact that he and his sister have both got shares uh, in a company that has won contracts with NHS Wales, is it enough for him to just say, oh, it's on my register member's interest? This, this was this was public knowledge. Is that enough or, or or should someone in that sort of position simply not have shares in any company, whether it's a family business or not, which can benefit from any of the decisions that he makes? Personally, I don't think you should have any shares because then you have a vested interest in this. And one of the things that worries me about this ongoing saga is there's going to be an inquest and then an inquest into the inquest and an inquest into the inquests that are doing the inquest. And it goes on and you kind of think, how much is that going to cost the public yeah. payers money as well? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? And again, all these different inquiries and uh, Treasury Select Committee, the official government one, no doubt the National Audit Office is going to launch theirs as well. An awful lot of different inquiries. And, and I do I do wonder if we'll ever get to the bottom of this. And again, is it the case that we've just got an awful lot of people who are all going to benefit from this in the future, uh, you know, it, it looking into themselves? Um, and again, it's all about it's all about taxpayers getting value for money. That's the key thing there. Um, I wonder if there'll also be an inquiry into uh, uh, caterpillar cakes. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few moments. Uh, the uh, time now is at 6.47. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.